0: It's really good to see you. So nice. Is that the size of my pulpit? Are you trying to see like which one I prefer? <laughs> You're a good man. I like you. I'm just kidding. I don't have any insecurities about my height. I just hope the stage is always a bit taller than what I think. It's really good to be with you tonight. I believe God's going to do something powerful. That's not rhetoric. That's not my Pentecostalism coming out. God's going to do something powerful. I believe I'm here on assignment. Uh, it's, it, I don't take it for granted ever being at Emerge. It's part of my family. You're one of my favourite places on the planet. You would have heard that. Pastor Nina and Mark are in my world in a very consistent way. Uh, Pastor Nina gave me a word at our Christmas party because she sits on my board, my, my organization's board. Uh, You heard some of my story this morning, so I don't need to repeat it. But she sits on my board and at our Christmas event last year, uh, she gave our whole organisation a word. And can I just tell you how accurate and fulfilling it has been just in six months? Can you believe it's six months already? But can I just encourage you that when the prophetic comes into the atmosphere, and, and it's in the air that you can actually pull it down and receive it for yourself. So I'm gonna be saying things this evening and you might say, that doesn't sound like me, but I'd really like it. If it's a word that is aligned with your calling, you can reach up and pull it down for yourself. Like I might be praying for someone over here about a breakthrough in their workplace. But if you need a breakthrough in your workplace, you bring it down in the Spirit. I was trained to be spiritual before I was strategic. Sometimes we try to outthink and overthink what God's trying to do to break our normal. And tonight I really wanna break your normal. And if you're offended, take it up with Jesus. Tonight's a night for breakthrough. And as Pastor Joe said, it's a yes kind of night. It's a yes kind of night. There are covenant promises that are gonna be unlocked this evening that are yes and amen over you, over your family, over maybe your unborn great-great-grandchildren because God exists outside of time. So why not? Why not believe God for bigger things? Can we take the limits off tonight? Come on, let's take the limits off tonight. Why don't you stand up to your feet? Let's pray together. I wanna pray for you right now. Come on, do you get ready to receive? Posture your heart to receive. Close your eyes. Raise your hands if you want to, feel comfortable to. If you can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. But I'm going to declare and come into agreement and alignment with what God said over you. Come on. Father God, we come before you and we align our hearts with your desires for us. We align our spirit to stay connected. We tell our souls to be quiet and we tell our bodies to come into line. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal to us tonight a fresh revelation of Your limitless nature. Take our faith to another level. Clear up our vision for our future allow the words that come out of our mouth to be in alignment with Your truth over our life. We cut off lies of the enemy. We bring down strongholds and principalities and powers because they are illegal in our realm of influence. We tell things that are inferior that we have believed to leave right now in Jesus' Name. If you have sickness in your body, Come on. If you have sickness in your body, it does not belong there. If you have a struggle in your finances, the Bible says that we are prosperous according to His riches in glory. So come on, let's receive from Him right now a spiritual revelation that unlocks the limitless nature of God. Healing, prosperity, breakthrough, family reconciliation. Come on. Come on, let's lift up our voices right now. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Can you pray in the Spirit? Just pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your voices just for another moment. Let's shift the frequency. Let's shift the frequency. Lord, we come into alignment with the promises that You have spoken about our lives as You knitted us together in our mother's womb. And those promises are yes. And amen. And if you believe that in your spirit, come on, can you give him a shout of praise this evening? Come on, can you give him a shout? Can you give him a praise? Because it's a yes and amen kind of night. It's a yes and amen kind of night. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, you can take your seats right here, right now. There's a great man of God sitting here. Great father in the faith, I want to honor Pastor Alan Wills. Thank you for being in the building. Thank you. There's very few people as gifted as Alan Wills as an evangelist. I used to tell people I still tell people the story, by the way. Pastor Alan, get anybody saved anyway. Just line them up on the street, they'll cross the median strip, and it'll be an altar. Because there's a gift. And I wanna talk about gifts and anointings and callings tonight because we're speaking about how you're released and called in an industry. But if you don't know your calling and you don't understand your anointing, you're constantly gonna be comparing yourself to everybody else. Comparison will kill your calling. And then you want somebody else's mountain of influence when God's got one for you already. Have you ever been in a meeting Wishing you was someone else. Oh, I wish I had that opportunity. Or I wish I got that promotion. Or I wish I had that talent. Let me tell you right now. I can pray. I can fast. I can beat myself silly. I can pray for seven days straight, walking the wilderness. But I will never be called to be an NBA player. <laughs> and I've got to be okay with it. We've got to be okay with it. Coming into alignment with who God's called you to be and then being released to the mountain that you're called to, to, to the industry. And if you were here this morning, whether more I feel Red Redcliffe, or here at Warner, one of, the, one of the things we talked about is how you occupy on the mountain that you're actually called to. And tonight, we're gonna mess it up a little bit. We're probably gonna have to move some chairs back because you are actually called to be a person of kingdom influence in a specific space. And Pastor Mark, and it, it, we, we talked on the phone, like I said, this morning, and it was about what does it look like to take who you are out there? Like, how, how do you take what you're called to do out there? And so I wanna present a thought to you this evening. Every year, I get a story. Some people get a word, and I love that I get a word, but it comes in the form of a story because I like stories. I like movies. I see everything in pictures. So for me, you know, a few years ago, I had the story of Isaac and Abimelech and about the whales, and that was a few years ago. Have you ever got a prophetic word for your life and you hear it through the filter of your present, but in years to come, you listen back to that word, right? And you hear things that you never thought were there. You're like, I didn't. And, but you've done it all it's because when we're listening, sometimes we're so short-sighted that we're needing a prophetic word to fix our now. But when God prophesies and speaks through an oracle like a prophetic person, 1 Peter 4.11 calls us oracles of God, that all we're doing is coming into alignment with what He's already said so we can see what He's already seen. And so when we hear that word, we're like, whoa, years later, I didn't realize that was gonna be what happened. And has God ever given you a miracle That you just, it just came in a way that you thought, I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way. And often I think sometimes we can forget very quickly that what you prayed for five years ago, you most likely are sitting in right now. But because we get, we gotta get to the next thing and the next thing, we forget that sometimes we're actually sitting, living, breathing in our miracle. And so before I talk about the next thing and prophesying that industry, can we take a moment and maybe you need to still your soul and actually come with a heart of gratitude. Say, God, you've already done so much in my life. You've already done so much in my life. I'm sitting, I'm living in a miracle. I always laugh about Peter walking on water. He was literally... Standing on his miracle and yet his present moved his soul into fear whilst in a miracle. So you can be in your miracle and still scared. You can be in your miracle and still worried about the future. But if we take a moment to be grateful, then what comes next is postured from a place of humility a place of I'm ready to receive because I know I didn't do it all myself. So tonight is not about striving. It's about striking. This is gonna sound funny for short people, but I do not need the tall pulpit. I'm just gonna use the short one. <laughs> if that's okay. Thank you, Jack. So the story I got last year, so a few years ago, as Isaac and Abimelech. Last year, it was about the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents, and one day I'll preach it here, I'm sure, is less about money and more about generations. But you're going to have to wait. But this year's word, for me and for what I believe my whole organization was called to do on assignment, was about striking the ground. Because there is a supernatural promise that we have access to. It's found in 2 Kings 13. We talked this morning about the word and the frequency of heaven. And when you hear you know, David and some of, the, some of the Old Testament speakers and they would write in Psalms, I'm gonna keep your law on my lips and in my heart and your word is a lamp unto my feet. When he would, they would talk about the word or the law or that, 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 that phrase, it was actually about the Torah. They didn't have the full Bible. They had five books, we call it the Pentateuch, but the Jewish people call it the Torah. Now the root word, the entomology of the word Torah is actually light to move straight and true. What did we talk about this morning? Light has a sound because the word became flesh and that word was God, was with God, and that life was the light of men and it shone in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. But, but, but light has a frequency. And that word has a light that moves straight and true. But the other root word of Torah is this, to throw or shoot an arrow hitting the mark. So when it says your word is a lamp unto my feet or your word I've hidden in my heart, or Isaiah 55, 11, that says that the word of God that comes forth from his mouth shall prosper in the things for which it was sent. And shall not return to him void, meaning that when we believe God's word, it is like an arrow coming out of the mouth, hitting the target because it has a frequency of light attached to it. Because when the light comes out, it hits the mark because it confuses the darkness and gets everything else out of the way. So when we speak the word of God and we come into alignment with his word for our life, and as we prayed, it's yes and amen, we actually hit the mark. God's Word, when coming into agreement with it, does not miss. And sometimes we have to discipline our souls to not agree with circumstance, but actually align with our covenant. And I'm gonna give you a phrase that you should write down, put on your fridge, do it for your family. I want you to write this down. Under the new covenant, under the new covenant, it is illegal for you not to be blessed. That's gonna take a moment for some of that to sink in. Now, but do you realise the covenant is a legal documentation? It is a legal catalyst that says under the new covenant, it is illegal for you not to be blessed. I never said happy. Because sometimes we all get like, oh, I'm not happy to end. But are you blessed? You know, no, they yes, they messed up your order at the coffee shop. You're not happy, but are you blessed? You can afford one. Which right now is like 750. I was surprised. It's hitting double digits now. I don't have to worry about the minimum for the card. But I'm blessed. See, whatever you complain about becomes the lowest common denominator for your reality. So if, so if, if, if you're always complaining about money, so let me, let, me, let me put it this way. I know that in my family growing up, it was better if I broke a window than if I whinged. I'm not kidding. I, it was better that I kicked a football through our window than if I walked into my house with a sad face whinging. Because my mother, who's a five foot nothing, four foot nothing, South American woman, who I'm scared of still, <laughs> will say, what's wrong with your face? There's always something to be grateful for. It's always something to be grateful for. So if we start complaining, what I say? We hit an inferior frequency to the frequency that God designed us for. And that's faith. That's light hitting the target. That's confusing darkness. Now I'm not saying that you don't have acknowledgement of things. But you don't have to come into agreement with them. So if we're gonna speak a word tonight over your life and over your industry, you have to strike the ground with light. Take that mountain, not whinge about that mountain. No use saying, oh, my industry's just so hard, there's no light in it. Be the light, solve the problem, stop whinging. Christians shouldn't whinge. Graham Cook said it this way, blame him if you don't like the statement, that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you should be an optimist. You should be an optimist. Why? Because there's always a future and a hope for you let me be vulnerable for a minute because, because I tell my kids, you're not allowed to say, now this is my house, you don't have to do this in your house, this is my house. I'm a little bit nicer than my mother, but I still have the same values. I say, you're not allowed to say I am anything unless it's in alignment with the Lord. I feel, yes, I feel sick. I'm not, it's not I am sick. Is the difference? Because the words that come out of your mouth create your reality. I feel depressed. I'm not, I am depressed. I'll tell you why. Because when you say I am, you're coming to agreement with the name of God that is over your life. I feel sick, but I am healed. I feel broke, but I am rich. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, you you gotta watch your words. If you did a word audit, how'd you go? How would you go, Andrew? you're really ranting a little bit now about my words, but death and life and the power of the tongue, and I want to land it like is this is still my intro by the way but but I want to land it so you get it because if I preach and you don't understand this part you're going to strike the ground with inferior words you're going to strike the ground with complaining there is no mountain of influence that cannot be redeemed. But we have to stop being so pessimistic and cynical about the world God's called us to reach. Because that's what this whole month is about. Don't complain about the world that God loves and has asked us to reach. Be happy when God calls you out. Okay, so now let's go to second Kings. 2 Kings 13, 14 to 19. I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna break it down a little bit and then we're gonna pray and we're gonna speak over industries and all that stuff. So he put his hand on it. So this is um, Elisha. If we go back, then Joash the king of Israel came down to him and wept o- over his face and said, oh my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. He's desperate. They, they, they're about to go to war and they have like 50 chariots. This is a bad day. They don't have the manpower to to win the war against the Syrians. Like this is international turmoil kind of stuff. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands and he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. Now the euphemism of the word east in the Bible is very intriguing because most of the time the east is speaking about a place far away from God. The east represents going away from God. They went east of Eden. Jonah ran east. Every time you hear, or most times when you read east, it's a euphemism of saying away from God. Dr. Timothy Keller, who has now gone to glory, would say that Jesus brought people home from the east. And so he brought people home from the east And just like Ezekiel 47, it says that the temple doors faced east. And as it faced east, as the water came out of the temple, it was shallowest, closest to the temple, and deeper as it went out, further east. Meaning that there is a part of our calling that has a deep grace when we go out into the world that God's called us to. There is actually a grace to go out into places that we don't think God even might be in. To go east. So he says, open the east window. He says, take a shot. And shoot your arrow into the world. The place where you need a victory. (laughs) Come on, do you need a victory? What's the industry? What do you need? What, what, don't hide here praying for a victory and not shoot an arrow into the place you need it. If you need a victory, you need to take a prophetic possession of that word and shoot it into the industry by declaration, by faith, by confession, by praying in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit and make 10 faith declarations every day about what God's called you to do. Come into alignment with what God has said about what he wants to do on that mountain. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot, and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians till you have destroyed them. Okay. Do you realize that when he said, shoot the arrow, and he shoots the arrow, he says the victory has now been won. Amen. The victory has been won. You shot the arrow, you've been obedient. It's in line with God's word. It's gone east into the place where you need your victory that feels away from the Lord, but it's actually taking the word of the Lord to the darkest places and you'll get your victory and you will have deliverance from the Syrians. So we go, yes, victory, we've got it. Now we don't need to do anything, but that's not what happens next. What happens next is this. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. But if I'm reading this, I'm thinking, well, didn't you already say? Like, didn't you already say we won? What do you mean I gotta do something now? But that's sometimes a problem. I believe in receiving From the Lord, like I do. Like I I didn't earn my salvation. It's a gift of grace. I know that. I didn't add to it. I couldn't do anything for it. I am happy to receive his love for me so I can love him even better. But that's a, I receive first. But there are some things in life and some things in our calling. So I received my calling and anointing and gifting without repentance. But there is something I have to do in order to enact and activate it in the places I'm called to. So I can receive something, but do I possess the land once I've received it? So the children of Israel received manna in the wilderness, but they had to possess the promised land. There's a difference. And there were a group of people that all they wanted to do was receive and whinge, by the way. Oh, the fish in Egypt was so amazing. You were slaves, yeah, but we loved the fish. The onions and the spices and the herbs. But you were slaves, yeah, but we, don't worry about that, but we had fish. (laughs) Have you ever justified brokenness, justified slavery, because you were more comfortable with a predictable slavery than an unpredictable freedom? You justify here because there is a bit too unknown for me. Oh no, I'm called to this. I'm called to take that level of leadership in my organisation, but it's unknown and I could be vulnerable, but I'll stay here and I'll control everything because the fish is just so good. But there are moments where you have to possess the promise because they're already yes and amen. God had given them the promised land. There were just some giants in it. By his stripes, we were healed, but we still pray for the sick. He wants to bless your business, but you still have to get up on Monday and work. So there is this paradox. It's not a contradiction. It's a paradox. It's a tension that we hold. I receive all things. I'm not striving for anything, but I do strike the ground for victory. I don't strive for victory, I strike the ground in victory. So he said strike the ground, so he struck three times and stopped and the man of God was angry with him and said you should have struck five or six times, then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it, but now you will only strike Syria three times. If I was Joash, I would have said to Elisha, why didn't you just tell me? Wouldn't you be mad too? Like I'd be, why didn't you just give me more explicit things to do? Like give me the to-do list. When God gives you a limitless reality, to-do list, don't cut it. Because Joash was living in the, is it just enough? rather than I'm going to strike until my arm falls off or Elisha tells me to stop. Because there's a nation that I'm contending for. But see, Joash, this this is a great story of what not to do when striking the ground. Joash was a how much can I do to just make it through kind of king. Don't settle for mediocrity. Mediocrity is not kingdom, it's, not, it's just not kingdom. You can't settle for just enough. I don't wanna just see healings, I wanna see wholeness. I don't wanna see you just afford enough. I don't want you just have enough. I want you to take the land that God's given you. I don't want you to make it halfway up the mountain and go, God, is it, it like, can I stay here? God goes, but I ask you to be the leader. Yeah, but I just don't want to. I don't know if I have it in me, but if God gave you a word, you've got a word. You should have struck more times. That's what he said. So I've broken this down into very simple things so we can activate something tonight. So first of all, why do we strike the ground? You gotta understand why. Why do you strike the ground? Because when it says in the Bible, in, in, in Matthew, it says Jesus wept, right? My kids are still learning, uh, are learning um, memory verses, right? Not just the kids' church, they have to learn them at home too. No, I'm not kidding. We have post-it notes that they've got to learn and I put it on their doors. I am gonna probably pay them at the end of the year based on like how many they learn, but they're learning the word, I don't care. Why do you strike the ground? You strike the ground because you're in international turmoil. You strike the ground because there are people to protect. And it says Jesus wept, right? And one of my my kids said, Dad, can we learn that one first? I went, no. You gotta learn something more than two words. But if you wanna learn and say, "I I know one verse in the Bible off by heart, it's Jesus wept. Jesus wept only twice, only twice. He only wept over two things too. He wept when Lazarus died, even though he knew he was going to raise him up, he, because he wept over relationship. The other time he wept is he wept over Jerusalem, which means he wept over a relationship and he weeps over a city. He weeps over a region. And if I can ask you today, what are you willing to weep over? why do we strike the ground because when I think of broken people in that industry when I think of broken people in that city I cannot help but be emotionally moved to say I'm going to strike the ground with everything in me I see them I feel them I see the generational curses and I need to break them I see lies that they are believing no matter how rich they are or how successful they think they are I see lies that they believe and I'm going to strike the ground because I need to protect them and save them even from themselves there's a why there's a compelling why to why we strike the ground we don't just strike three times we keep striking we need to get resilient and some grit back into when God asks us to do something why do we strike the ground because there is a whole nation that needs us to needs us to who, not who do we strike the ground, but who, or who do we strike the ground for? Well, who do we strike the ground for? Well, we strike the ground for the people we are called to serve, the people we are called to protect, the people we are called that ask us, if I come into alignment with your word, will I feel safe? We strike the ground because there is a compelling who that we're called to. Would you do this just for, I mean like, we're gonna do this for 30 seconds, I wanna just activate and make sure we do some things practically. But if you close your eyes just for a minute, close your eyes just for a minute, I'm gonna ask you this, that that let's hypothetically say you have one last, let's say you're really, 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 really old, like this is the last time anyone's ever gonna see you in public, except for your family and you've got one shot, you're sitting in a, on a chair and you've got one last shot to reach the people you feel called to. One last shot, this is the last message, this is what you'll be remembered for, they will quote you after this. Who is sitting in front of you? Is it a large crowd, is it a small crowd? Uh, what colour are they? What ethnicity are they? Is it a generational thing? What kind of industry? Who, who's sitting in front of you that you say, God, this is the last thing I'll ever do and this is what I'll be remembered for? This is what I'll be remembered for. Who is sitting in front of you? Who is the group of people? Is it a particular nationality? Is it young people, older people? Are they from a, a, a specific industry? Who? are we striking the ground for? Okay, open your eyes. There's gonna be a whole group of people that are very clear in who they see. And some others that go, I just see everybody. Clarity gives you a guilt-free no and a compelling yes. So I would continue, and maybe it won't happen tonight, but it is going to happen, where you say, God, who am I actually called to? Who am I called? And some of you have been reminded tonight who I'm actually called to reach. And it might not be everybody. There is a specific group of people that I'm called to reach. I have a life message and I live and I make my yeses and my noes around it. I'm called to lead leaders into clarity, enabling them to bring heaven to earth. That is it. All my yeses, if they come in line with that, it's a yes. If they don't come into agreement with that, it's a no. Who do I strike the ground for? And then what do we strike the ground with? What do we strike the ground with? Well, arrows are interesting because in Psalm 127, it says that the arrow is a symbol or a metaphor for children as a great inheritance. So arrows are actually a picture of generational blessing. So we strike the ground with generational blessing. We strike the ground not for me, not for tomorrow, but for 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now. Like, if you're not going to youth camp and you are able and you are older potentially than 40 or 50, you should be sponsoring kids to go like crazy, like it's running out of fashion. You should be fighting at the FPOS machine, tackling the pastors and saying, take my credit card. Not for coffee, that's $7.50, but for for kids to go to youth camp. Because we strike the ground because they're a weapon in God's kingdom, if we understand what and how to release kids into their calling. My kid, Isaiah, who's 11 now, grade six, he was allowed to go to youth camp last week at our church. He came home, he's changed, and he lives with us. I think we're pretty good, but he came home on fire. He's worshiping different, praising different. He came home and he told his mum that he could speak in tongues. He never told me. (laughs) That's what happens. Because when you strike the ground for the next generation, something happens. I don't know what, I might be dead and gone by the time he's 80. I don't know where, where I'm I'm not going to be here. But something happened at that youth camp. Because we strike the ground for the next generation. Arrows. Were, an, were a weapon of accuracy and intentionality. Not a sword, that's close combat. Arrows were meant to be shot from distance, which what means what? You have to have vision when you hold an arrow. Arrows show you intentionality and clarity of vision, where you can strike the ground with intentionality. Not random, oh, I feel like striking the ground today. What am I gonna grab? And sometimes we live like that. Oh, I think we'll pray a little bit today, prophesy tomorrow. Let's just strike the ground. Let's see randomly. He never said grab a Gatling gun and shoot the sky. Hitting whatever you think you will hit. He said, no, you take something of accuracy. Come on. We don't challenge ourselves enough in our soul to get accurate. We just pray and hope for the best. No, you get accurate. You grab and you strike the ground with a promise over you and your family. So you take it and you go, and, and an arrow too, the way that it was designed as an ancient arrow, if it went into a vital organ, it wasn't coming out. That's not the point. That's, it was meant to stay there. And so when we strike the ground with an arrow from the Lord, we strike the enemy and his vital organs in that industry that he can't take out. That's how we strike the ground. Arrows were designed to flow with the wind. A great archer knew how to read the wind, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit. If you're gonna use an arrow, you need to know how to read what the Holy Spirit's doing and then strike the ground. Also, you can't strike the ground with someone else's arrow. I can't strike the ground with your arrow. You cannot strike the ground with my arrow. I'll tell you why. Because creation recognizes my DNA when I'm with it. Creation, if I take your gifting and I pray and I say, God, I really want their anointing, I want their gift, I want their arrow, and I go strike the ground with it, I'm gonna have issues because creation's gonna go, Who are you? The Bible says in Romans 8 that it, waits for the, it groans and it waits for the manifestations of the sons and the daughters of God. In essence, creation wants to know who you are and your identity, not how many degrees you've got and how fancy you pray or how much money you got in the bank. I cannot throw a black Amex card on creation and go, do you wanna know who I am? Doesn't care if you drive a Lamborghini. Creation wants to know, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because the enemy knows who you are. God knows who you are, but do you know who you are? I'm too, I don't want to confuse generation trying to grab everybody else's arrows going, because I'm, I'm insecure and I don't know what I'm mean. doing. No, take the arrow God gave you and strike the ground with a limitless mindset of faith. And then finally, for all the practical people in the room, if I could have the musicians up, please. Everyone's, you know, the the people go, how do we strike the ground? How do we strike the ground? Well, let's go back to the story. Joash says to Elisha, I need to win the war. He says, strike the ground. The victory's already won, so I wanna come back to that. We do not strive for victory. The victory has already been won. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, the victory was already won. But he still means we strike the ground in the promises that he has given us for our mountains and our families. If there is ever a power and a principality living on a mountain that you're called to take for the kingdom, it means it's illegally trespassing on what's rightfully yours. There's no squatter's rights in the kingdom. The only reason it's there is because someone somewhere said, nah, I'll probably just hit it three times, I'll be all right. They didn't take it with grit. Because one day my grandkids are probably going to live in the world you created. And I want you to strike the ground for them. I wanna strike the ground for all you young adults once you get married and have lots of babies. That's why I do what I do. I might not even live to see, but I'm gonna strike the ground for them. And how do you strike the ground? This is a king talking to a prophet, praying for his nation. This This is where humility and gratitude have to come into it. Because in order for the king, now he is the king in this story. He's on royal robes, Elisha's about to die. Elisha places his hand upon Joash's hand, a place of intimacy, a place of connection. And we should not strike the ground until the prophet has spoken, or there's a prophetic word over our life that says, now go. I'm hoping that for some of you tonight, that's tonight. But some of you have actually already had words that said, go, I'm just gonna help the story. He puts places his hand and he goes, go do it. Win the victory. The victory is yours. So we do not strive for victory, but we strike the ground in victory. So then Joash, in his royal robes, this is the only way you can strike the ground with an arrow. Do you know how random it is to say, I have a war to win? Can you give me a strategy? And he says, strike the ground with an arrow. That's like you saying, Andrew, I'm believing for a house. And I turn to you and I say, go and take your wallet and tap it on the waves of the ocean. You're like, why? So he tells the king to do something that is actually quite random. But obedience unlocks the miraculous, not intellect. Obedience unlocks it, right? So he gets Joe. Joash, this, I'm just imagining the king of the nation. The only way, you, can, you can't throw the arrow at the ground to strike it. You have to get on your knees. And it's a place of humility, saying, God, I can't do this in my own strength. I know I'm called to win that mountain. I know I'm called to reach that community. I know who I'm called to see and save and and, and reach. But in order for me to take it, I actually have to humble myself and get on the ground. Why the ground? Because creation now recognises who you are. Do you know that when you run through the bush, when you swim at the beach during summer, all that stuff, and the waves hit you, I can honestly say, I believe that it speaks to, creation speaks to each other and itself, going, this is a child of God. This is a child of God. And so the king has to get on his knees and as he's striking the ground, the very dirt that recognises who he he is, gets on his royal garments. I don't like getting my clothes dirty. But if it's to save a nation, I'll get my hands dirty. You're never above serving people. No matter what it is. You're never above serving people. And when we strike the ground, and and, and I'm all for leadership development, it's literally what I do for a living. Building teams, restructuring organisations, succession planning, changing governance models. It's communication strategy. I do all of that stuff. But I'll tell you right now, the greatest leaders are player coaches, not delegators. You delegate to release people's God shape, not to give them something because you don't wanna do it. When you delegate to release someone's God shape, that is when you're in the game. Leadership is not escapism, it's occupation. You're occupying something. And are we willing to get dirty on our knees, striking the ground with no limitations, a more than enough kind of mindset? Would you stand up to your feet? I'm gonna pray for you. And then we're going to Over different industries, and and maybe we'll have to move some chairs around. I'm really believing that tonight we're going to unlock some callings in ways that maybe you've never thought of. But I needed to give you a baseline so that when you go in tomorrow or you go in in a week's time and you go, I don't know if I'm really getting this mountain thing, you stay the course. Strike the ground, keep striking the ground. Don't quit, because you think it's enough. Keep going until you see the occupation on your mountain. Because it's illegally squatting there, until you take it, a child of God takes it. Would you close your eyes for me, raise your hands. It's a place of receiving. And then we're gonna pray over the possessing of nations and mountains. Father, right now, we thank You and we receive Your Word tonight. We receive a prophetic alignment to take cities and nations, a prophetic alignment and agreement for Your assignment in our lives. Lord, I pray for people right now that live in a comparative anxiety where you never feel good enough. And Lord, before we release them into their places and spaces and mountains of influence, Lord, right now, I just pray that we cut off the lies that they're not enough. We cut off the lies that they need to use another arrow or someone else's arrow in gifting to see success. God, I pray and release right now that there would be a freedom that comes in here, a freedom of the Holy Spirit that says, I am called because I am a child of God. Nothing else, I'm a child of God in a kingdom that knows no end with an inheritance that knows no bound. Lord, we receive that as your children in this room. There's no employees in here. There's no servants, there's no slaves. Lord, we are your children, your sons and your daughters receiving from you right now, fresh alignment, a fresh word, a word filled with light that hits the mark every time. A place of light that flows with the Holy Spirit with vision and accuracy and intentionality, and we receive that right now. In Jesus' name, come on, stay in that presence, stay in that place. We'll keep receiving just for a moment. I'm going to ask you in this room right now. Because I'm going to pray over specific places and spaces. And you're going to find yourself maybe coming over or being in a part of part of few or a couple, but there's one usually that really is the one for you. You go, God, that's my mountain. I will weep over that mountain and the people around it. So if you're in this place, and we're going to do this together, so I'm going to read out particular industry and the people are going to put their hands up because you're called to that mountain and we together as a community are going to pray and bless them as we prophesy over it okay so the first group of people I want to pray for are people that are in corporate business or professional services that if that's you put your hand up you might be a sole trader, you might be an accountant, you could be a lawyer, but you're in corporate. You'd consider yourself in corporate, commercial. Is that you? Why don't you raise your hand? I just wanna, can we put the house lights up just a little bit so we can see, please? Just raise your hand, raise your hand, come on. Now, everybody else, what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn around, we're gonna stretch out our hands towards these people. We're gonna stretch out our hands towards these people. Father, right now, come on, you can pray in the Spirit, you can declare and prophesy over them but we're gonna declare breakthrough together. We're gonna declare breakthrough together. Father, right now, we just thank You. We thank You for Your glory. We thank You for Your power. We thank You, Lord God, that these people are gonna be released into something that they could not control in their own strength. But Lord, it is their inheritance to be people of influence and people of power and people of authority and people that hear from your Holy Spirit. And they are gonna transform and change. They're gonna transform and and change their industry. They're gonna transform how it's received in the marketplace. You're gonna give them innovation. You're gonna give them entrepreneurial ideas, intrapreneurial ideas. You are gonna release them to strike the ground, to strike the ground on another level. They're gonna strike with more vigor. They're gonna strike with more faith and to see the mountain of corporate and business and professional services surrender itself to the mighty name of Jesus, to the mighty name of Jesus. If you receive that for yourself, come on, give Him a clap, give Him a shout. We got a few to get through, but it's all right to give Him a praise and be grateful. The second group of people are educators. One of my personal, because I grew up in a lot of education and I do so much work in that space. But if you're in education, would you just raise your hand? Come on, would you raise your hands, give them a wave? And that could be teaching, that could be you, could be in an art, you could be a trainer, you could be at university. It, I don't, it, you're in a teaching space where people learn from you like education, you could also work in admin at a school, but you're called to the educational mountain. Come on, raise your hands, raise your hands, wave to me, wave to me. Come on, would you uh, Would you stretch out your hands to these people? Stretch out your hands, come on, let's pray in the Spirit, let's believe God. Father, right now, Father God, we thank You that today is the day where You are gonna give people inspiration and innovation to teach the next generation. Lord God right now we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that they called you teacher for a reason because God they are going to bring heaven's ideas, heaven's ideas into the next generation, heaven's ideas into the ecosystem of education. We release them right now, right now to take the mountain of education in a fresh way. We thank You, Lord God, right now that there is going to be a turn in the education space back to the truth of God. We thank You that the Word of God is going to be the central focus. Biblical pattern is gonna be the central focus of the education mountain. No longer we're gonna submit ourselves and settle for less than the best from You, God. Nothing less but the best from You, God. Hey, whilst we're praying, can I just say right now, we're gonna pray for you because you are teaching the next generation truth. The media doesn't control the narrative of what our children should be learning. And so God, we just pray of every educator that they would live in the fullness of the truth of God, be wise in how they teach it. But God, bring the truth of the kingdom in everything that they do. I wanna pray for people that are in government. And I mean city council, you can work in anywhere and go. Are there people that work in government in here at all? Anybody that works in government? Yes, you do. Uh, yep, awesome. Uh, the Defence Force, anyone that works in the Defence Force? They're great friends of mine. I love the Defence Force. Yes, we got to. Come on. But government, Defence, anything to do with national security, airports, all that stuff. Can, can you just wave your hands? Come on. Come on. Let's, let's, let's stretch out our hands to these group of people. Father, right now, we just thank You. We are grateful that they are like Joseph's in Pharaoh's house. Lord, we pray and declare right now that there would be a breakthrough, Lord God, as they influence people that have authority to make decisions. Lord God, right now of every person that is in a position to influence government, the Defence Defence Force, Lord, and anything that is connected to council or region or cities or nations, We declare right now that they have favour like Joseph. They have favour like Joseph. Lord, they are like Daniel. Lord, that they have the ear of the kings. They have the ear of the influencers to bring our biblical truth, to bring our biblical pattern. Lord, we pray right now over every single one of them that they learn how to interpret dreams, that they learn how to interpret dreams, that they learn how to interpret the confusion of their leaders to bring clarity and hope for the future. Lord, right now I pray for them to be problem solvers for our nation, problem solvers in our cities, problem solvers in our regions. Give them the most creative ideas to solve and bring solutions to to be promoted right now. I believe God right now is saying that there is promotion coming for those that are in government in this place right now. There's promotion coming. God's gonna unlock doors that only He could open. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen. For those that are in media, arts, creative industries or entertainment, would you raise your hands? Would you give them a wave? Hey, it's all good. Trust me, we're still early. It's not even dinner time yet. Like we're good. And then right at the end of tonight, here's I'm gonna open up the altar right at the end. Don't worry. We're gonna open up the altar. And if you say, God, I'm gonna strike the ground for something and I need your help, that's when we all come to the altar, if that's you, to take your moment to say, I need a fresh revelation of what to strike the ground with. But we're still gonna pray for industries right now. Creative, creative, who's in creative? Media, arts, entertainment, who's there? Just wave your hand, wave your hand. You you do media, you do arts, you do creativity. Come on. This is like a partly a commissioning service, by the way, for industry and places of influence. Come on, let's pray in the Spirit over them. Father, right now, we pray for Kingdom creativity, that there is no higher power of creation except the Word of God. We thank You, Jesus, that You created us to be creative. And over every single person here right now, we prophesy create creative ideas that are outside the boundaries of our own strength that go beyond Hollywood, that go beyond our natural creativity, but God, inspiration from heaven, inspiration in our night season, inspiration and creativity and abundance and finance for this industry. We pray financial abundance to come so that there is no compromise in what we need to do. God, I come against the spirit of this age, this spirit of compromise, where it says you need to bow your knee in order to get paid in this industry. God, right now, we declare freedom in the creative space. We declare freedom, we declare freedom, we declare freedom right now, not only to receive it, but to possess the land of creativity. Possess the land of creativity. For this particular, I just wanna pray over the creative industry, say it's time it got redeemed. It got redeemed. The creative space needs to be redeemed. But the, the arrow's already gone and we've already won. We're just striking the ground with the redemptive power to see it in its fullness. Anyone in fitness, health or sports, Fitness health or sports, come on, give us a give us a hand wave. Give us a hand wave. Fitness health. Or sports if there's a prayer team I know you'd have a prayer team here because you're a merged Church and you love the Holy Spirit if there's a prayer team come on you're released go and find people waving their hands we're doing this together as a community so fitness health sports something like that sports people fitness you're in the health in- and I'm talking health is in hospital as well like you, re- you restore people's physical bodies you're in the health industry Come on, you're going to have healing hands in every industry. Father God, right now, we just thank You. By Your stripes, we were healed. We thank You for wholeness, not just healing. Wholeness, wholeness, wholeness. We thank You, Lord God. Lord, show us. How this industry needs to be innovated to bring more health and well-being. We thank you for mental health. We thank you, Lord, for breakthroughs in science to come from a spiritual anchor, from a spiritual well. We release this health and fitness uh, 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 influences, Lord God, to 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 take the mountain of health and redeem it. We thank You for sports people. We thank You, Lord God, that the industry of sports is gonna be a place that they, 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 they are the evangelists that are on television. The sports people tell their story of Jesus and their testimony. We thank You, Lord God, right now, right now, right now, for every person involved in health, fitness, sports, Lord, we thank You for where they're called to be healing hands, voices of wholeness. And we declare healing right now in the health industry to come by the hands of kingdom leaders. We strike down confusion in the health industry and bring wholeness. Two more to go. People that are called into ministry. You're called to be a minister. You're a chaplain. You're a pastor. You're a, you're a religious worker without the spirit of religion. You're a religious. Who, who are you? Come on, you're a chaplain. You're a pastor. Come on. You, there should be more hands because I'm kind of out of church and you have pastors on staff. So, you know, come on, raise your hands. We're going to pray for you. If you feel called, if you're a youth leader, you feel called to ministry. You're a young adult and so you're called to ministry. Father right now, Father right now, we declare prophetic alignment. We declare, we declare open doors of influence. Lord, we thank You for the wisdom of heaven. We thank You, Lord God. We pray the prayer of Solomon right now that there would be wisdom that flows, that is supernatural. It's a supernatural anointing right now that there be a heartbeat of God in everything that they do. This is not a career choice, this is a calling. And Lord God, we thank You right now for the call of God over their lives, that they would be raised up that the other mountains would call them to be spiritual advisors, that the other mountains would call them to be people that bring the heart of God, that they bring a word from God, that they be prophets in the marketplace, apostolic in the marketplace. Lord, we pray for every hand raised right here, that there would be a fresh release right now, a fresh release right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' Name, over every minister, chaplain, pastor, people called to the priestly anointing. And finally, people that are in the family or social services place, you are called to restore family and the concept and the biblical pattern of family. You're called to bring reconciliation come on if you're a social worker if you're in human services if you are that person come on if you're called to family you're called to be a, a reconciliation a minister of reconciliation second corinthians five seventeen says that we are we are ministers of reconciliation come on the family is the is god's pattern to bring healing to the world through the local church So Lord God, right now we just thank You for those that are called to the Ministry of Reconciliation in the Family Mountain and in the social services. Lord, right now we just declare and decree that the biblical pattern of family is honoured in our nation. Lord, we thank You right now that families are coming back together. Lord God, right now we just thank You that we are releasing a sound this evening that there is an anointing for family that it is not less than, but Lord, a mountain to be occupied. We thank You, Lord Jesus, in advance because the victory is already ours and we strike the ground for generational blessing. We strike the ground for for children who are in domestic violence situations to be made whole, Lord God. Lord, we speak against inferior ecosystems for children to grow up and we bring restoration to families and marriages and, and 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 family connections in our city and in our nation for those with an orphan spirit we declare the spirit of adoption for those that are isolated we bring them into our family in the spirit in Jesus name in Jesus name just in this presence right now i just want to facilitate this if If there's family trauma, I don't need you to raise your hand. But there's an anointing on the family mountain. There's an anointing on the family mountain to cut off the lies that are attached to trauma. Trauma is a real thing. We work with it all the time. Trauma is a real thing. But the lie of the enemy says you can't get above it. It can be a part of your lived experience, but it is not the outworking or the hindrance to your God calling. Come on. It is not the hindrance to your God calling. It can be part of your testimony. It could be part of your story, but it is not the story. God's story is your story and we strike the ground with it. Father of every family here right now, We cut off the lies of the enemy that says you are limited to your lived experience and you are limited to your trauma. Lord God, we release people right now to be free, to be free, to take the mountain that they are called to and occupy it in the mighty Name of Jesus.